Welcome to Your Money on Purpose, a podcast for professional and entrepreneurial women looking to gain clarity and control of their business and personal finances. I'm your host, Donette Palmore, and on this podcast, I am going to be talking to mompreneurs, financial coaches, business owners, CPAs, and everyone in between as we discover ways to give your money more purpose. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money on Purpose podcast. I am your host, Donette Palmore, and today my guests and I are going to be talking about our voice and what that means and how we it helps us to show up in the world or how we do show up in the world. Uh, but before we get into this topic, let me introduce you to Suzanne Jane Harrison. She is tr- has been trained at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art in London and is a British American voice and performance coach for public speaking, playwriting, and performing. A voice coach for over 15 years, unusually collaborates in Harrison's artistic work have allowed her to develop across disciplines. SJ has an extremely varied work life as a successful entrepreneur and artist, mother of two, and head of a multicultural bilingual household. SJ is highly attuned to matters of identity, the desire of clients to stay tuned to their own cultural context and be clearly understood in the global environment. SJ, welcome to the show and thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you so much, Donette. It's a real pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you. I'm I'm so excited about this. Um, so multicultural, multi-bilingual, that's got to be interesting. <laughs> Yes, uh, that is because I, many, many moons ago, I married someone from Central America. And so I learned Spanish and my kids are multi-ethnic as a result that Central America is already very multi-ethnic by itself, right? So, and obviously I'm from a European background and having to navigate a local Latino immigrant culture because my kids went to school with mostly all immigrant families and kids. I developed friendships in that community and learned Spanish over time. It's still not perfect. I'm still working on it, but I use it and I engage. And so it taught me a lot as well as living in different countries myself, having parents from different countries. One was from the US, the other's from England and had lived in other countries as well. So both my parents had lived in other countries as well. So it's a big part of my world to have many friends from different places and for that to feel like the norm. So I'm always thinking about what is this individual's experience and lens that isn't really an expected norm in my experience. Yeah, I don't think there is one. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but that sounds like fun. I mean, you got a little melting pot right in your household. That's very, very awesome. I love it. This is true. <laughs> well, um, one of the first things I love to ask my guests is about a money story that you have, uh, whether um, it's something you learned growing up uh, with money or maybe a struggle you've had and you've overcame. Uh, can you share uh, something with us about that? Yes. So as I had told you before we begun, I'm actually involved in something called the 30-Day Money Cure, which is a program that Carol Tuttle does online. She has a whole kind of healing hub and addresses different aspects of healing in her programs. 
And this was recommended to me by my best friend because I've certainly had ups and downs anytime you're self-employed, which is common in my family. So my parents were mostly self-employed. I used to run a construction business with my now ex-husband, a very successful business. And now I'm coaching and I'm running my own business. So I'm also head of the household by myself. And what that brings up for me is a lot about support. Mm. What I learned in the first week of this program, the 30 day money cure, and I'm not a paid affiliate in any way. I'm just sharing (laughs) because this is what I'm doing is that money is actually support. So the energy of money is simply a neutral energy, but it means a lot of things to us. So for me, how much support I believe I can have or deserve is entirely tied into how much money I think I'm going to be able to attract. Mm. And I'm a doer. I'm very capable. I'm an only child. I felt very responsible, whether that be for my mother, who's aging and lives with us, or for my children in some of the more difficult situations our family's gone through, whatever it is, a lot has just been on me. And sometimes I don't realize that there's more support available, but I need to actually embrace that more support that's there, whether that's asking for support or simply stepping back and sitting down. So it's very central to me. It's something I've been looking at quite intently when I started this program. And then I could also see how money has come to me generally through relationships. I'm very good at building relationships. And so often it's not coming to me in the way that I think it should. So I'm at a stage right now where obviously I'm growing, I'm developing. I'm going to be telling you more things in three weeks from now about what I've learned. But that understanding the emotional nature of it and changing my mindset, I think, is really key. And so in this first week, I had three family members just offer me money. One was my son, which was really, really sweet. The other Mm -hmm. was my mother and the other was my ex-husband very unexpectedly. So (laughs) I just thought, okay, this is interesting. I love that. And I'd love to hear, you know, when you're done with this, not we're not ever done with our journey, but when you're done with that course, I'd love to circle back and learn more because that's so exciting. And um, I don't think we really understand how much money does touch our emotions and uh, we can repel it or we can attract it. Um, So that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I am too. I'm really excited by the discovery. That's always one of the things that excites me both in my own life, but also in working with other people. Fantastic. Well, let's get into our topic because it's an interesting topic, right? Uh, Voice. Uh, When we hear the word voice, it's usually like, okay, what do I sound like singing? Or, you know, our, our minds automatically go to music and singing. So can you define for us what voice is? Well, I deal mostly in the spoken voice. I have sung personally a lot in my work on stage as an actor, and I did train for singing. But I also did even more training for speaking. So as an actor, you have to train your speaking voice. And that's even true if you're on TV and film. So our voice is the epicenter of our communication. 
and breath is the engine of the voice. Mm-hmm. So just as you've talked about money, there's these layers of how are we dealing with money in the world? How do we feel about ourselves, our deserving, all kinds of things, right? You could talk about an awful lot of how we deal with money is really a reflection of how we're dealing with something else with ourselves. Voice is like that as well. And it's so central to who we are and how we communicate. It's the first thing people will hear. It's the only part of ourselves that actually travels a distance with our signature, right? You always know whose voice that is when they're a familiar person. I can call upstairs and I'm there with my partner, even though I'm not physically in the room. So just to highlight how important it is, we have very free voices when we're born, unless there's been some accident. But basically we have very free voices, very free breathing. Anyone who has children will think of their child sleeping on their tummy as they often do when they're little mm-hmm. and their little ribs going like gangbusters, right? Diaphragmatic breathing on tap, big sound on tap because that's how we survive. During socialization, which is very important for us, the voice can often get shut down. Some aspect of voice will get shut down. There's a point when we want our children to ask nicely, not to simply go, I want this now, you you know, right? With (laughs) a full voice. So that's important. There's no, there's nothing wrong in that. But along with that can come an awful lot of things about how we're trained to be, what's acceptable of ourselves and what isn't. The voice gets shut down very easily. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have clients who were teased for their accent when they were mm-hmm. children. They came here speaking another language, and then in school they were teased. It's interesting also in some families where everyone's learning English, but it's a second language, how siblings can tease each other, and there can be a hierarchy around my English is better than yours. There's all kinds of things that can happen just in that arena. And it's true for people who are only just speaking their own language. So women in tech will often lower their voices. We've got the emergence of vocal fry, which can also be a generational choice. So I'm not placing a value judgment on that, but it's not uncommon for women who have lowered their voices because that's what creates the vocal fry to lower than their natural pitch. And when you lower your voice to one or two notes, you lose expressivity because you can't go up and down to keep that, that depth. Right. And then you have a gravelly sound because the vocal cords are vibrating tight and close together. Mm. It's not actually damaging to your voice, except for the way in which our bodies work, whereby if you don't use muscles, you lose them. So you have to retrain to be able to use the muscles because we use a lot of muscles in voice production differently. So sometimes women feel that help them to a point to fit in where most of their colleagues were men. And then they start finding their expression is limited and they feel they are not fully being themselves. Mm. And they're starting to understand that being fully authentic is something maybe they're ready to do and that that's ultimately more empowered. And so they may need a bit of help in finding their natural voice. So my work is all about finding your natural voice. And often the things that 
ourselves or others may find a little jarring about a voice. And most of the time, that's not the case. But every now and then, there can be that with some people. It's not that the voice is bad in any way. It's the habits around the voice. Mm. So there's no bad voices. There are only bad habits. That's a quote from a voice practitioner, Patsy Rodenberg. But so there's my intro to voice. It's tied <laughs> into our psychology and through changing how we speak, not to become less natural, but to become more ourselves. When we use our bodies more consciously to speak, we're on breath, we articulate more fully through the word in our own accent, we become more present to the activity of speaking and we Mm. feel more confident. So there's an awful lot about doing with the body that can help not only the voice and the delivery, but actually just immediately make us feel more confident. I love that. Yeah, I don't think we we realize, you know, just as uh, our experiences have developed our subconscious, which has is our driver, right? Until we realize, oh wow, I'm like actually <clears throat> not using my true voice. I'm not being authentic. I'm not being who I am because of these things. Can we change it? And so, you guys listening are probably saying, why? What in the world does this have to do with my business? <laughs> Well, how does using our voice or not using our voice show up in our businesses? And maybe we're, could we be repelling or attracting clients? Yes. So most everyone who comes to me, and often they're in organizations, they may or may not be entrepreneurs, but it's completely applicable if you're an entrepreneur, feel limited in where they're at in this particular moment. So that the pain point is quite big that they're going to seek a coach. They don't have a terrible voice. They don't have an appalling speaking style, but there are things about it that they realize are limiting them. And they often know what those are. Interestingly, they'll say, I, I speak too fast. I, feel so stressed, or they'll simply say, I'm running out of breath and I feel so anxious. So often it's to do with anxiety. Mm. And then it's amazing how simple the techniques can be to actually change that. It can simply be identifying for them that they're trying to cram a lot of words in or information because they don't quite believe their expertise will be seen. And that can be their context. They may be surrounded by people who don't look or sound like them. But whether it's your context, your gender, which is part of context, or simply your personal experience, you're somehow feeling, I have to get this out really quickly. That's one cause, right? That's just one example. So when we do that we actually seem less confident so then there are a whole lot of speaking styles again i'm just focusing on the too much information causes you to speak fast because you realize you have too much you haven't thought about it ahead of time short impactful statements and then leaving room for somebody else to say something in a one-on-one engagement where you're selling yourself your services building and listening can be really helpful. So this is bringing it a bit more into the entrepreneur realm. 
people in organizations find this too. Oh, in my one-on-ones, I think I'm overwhelming my the people who are reporting to me. Or it goes really well with this one person. But this other person is less like me. And she really wants everything to be very brief. So a good manager and a good coach, a good business owner, is going to have more of a flexible style for their audience. So just identifying what your style is, Mm. noticing what works about it and where you may be thinking, this is not landing very well. Why isn't it landing with this person? And if this person's your ideal client, you need to know that. If it's not landing because it's not a match, okay, well, who cares, right? Right. Just (laughs) gently go our own ways. So voice is important because it's often the first way that you reach someone. And so voice isn't just about the voice itself. It's also about how do I land a clear idea? How can I deliver my message vocally in the best way when we're on video or podcasts or whatever else it is or the phone with a new client? Wow. <laughs> that was a lot. So, Talk no, about no, too much information when <laughs> I'm going here. <laughs> well, there's so much to learn about it. And so do you, you, so going back to, you know, whether it lands with somebody or not because of the way maybe they perceive it or the, the things we may have in common, do, does that have to go with like the disc profile, like personality type as well? Like, would we receive something differently because of our personality type? Absolutely. And I think it can often be gendered too. It's important to understand that. And I think women are very used to knowing that men will communicate differently and maybe we change how we speak with men than we would with women. So a lot of that can be just being very attuned to firstly, observation and curiosity about yourself. It has to start there. How do I tend to communicate? Who likes that? Who does that click with? Where doesn't it work so well? And without value judgment, which is very difficult, but then you can take ownership of, maybe I need to change my style a little bit. I tend to notice it with introverts and extroverts because I have a podcast. I interview some extroverted people, some introverted people. I find myself adapting my mode pretty quickly Mm. to them. So the more you can understand these things, the more flexible you can be. And sometimes it's just about pace. Are you going to ask questions? Are you going to leave pauses? Are you going to give a lot of information and then leave a big, big pause for the other person? There's all of these different things that go into it. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like it. But um, it sounds like, you know, just as with like disc, when we become aware of who we are. Right. So with our voice, what we, you know, the, this awareness, it gives us the ability to adapt and to be able to communicate better with others around us. Yes. Yes. And there's lots of different structures for this. I like structures. I think we can be creative when we have structure, as long as it's not rigid. I think you and I, when we were in a business program together, were exposed to something called the format. I don't know if you remember that. It 
<laughs> Probably not. We didn't spend a lot of time on it, but it appealed to me because it was about appealing to four different learning styles. So when you're preparing your content, a good marketer will do this. I'm working right now with a marketing coach. She's planned my webpage to work for people who want to see something and buy right away. People then go down who want a bit more information, people who want to read all the information, right? That's a very sort of simple example of how you're structuring things so that there's something for everyone, but it's still cohesive. I think mm-hmm. that's that, that's the trick, right? So the format has to do with, are you speaking to people who want to know how it works, why it works, um, what to do, what to do next, right? These are, these are all things and you can include those in your, in your marketing, in your presentation, so that you can appeal to a wider range of people. It's just really important that you're not just appealing to your type. And I think my first go round of my website, I was appealing a little bit too tightly to my type. Now, your ideal client may be a lot like you. So you have your own style. You're going to be very clear about who you are and that's okay. But there's these other things we can include in how we speak when we're presenting and what the content is to just reach more people. That's amazing. Who knew it would go that deep, right? Just, I mean, there's so much to learn. There, there's absolutely a ton to learn. So what are some things that we can do to be more intentional with our voice? Um, you know, making sure that we are doing these things that we can attract the right people that we want to attract. Um, what can we be doing? (laughs) I think the first thing is to learn to support the voice. And that means really taking a good deep breath before our thought. Notice if you're, tendency is to have lots of very long thoughts, in which case, think about, first of all, taking a breath in the middle of the thought. Mm. So I did it there, in which case, I breathed, think about taking a breath in the middle of the thought, and then you can land the rest of the sentence. So that's just one simple thing. How are you breathing? What's it like to breathe deeply and immediately speak? Now, some people can't breathe deeply. That's not unusual. People are not used to it. They're breathing up here. And I do have a free class that takes you through these things. So I really encourage anyone who's interested to access that because then you get into the landscape of the basic things that you need to be thinking about. We've talked about a lot of things and that can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. Some of the solutions are very simple. You might then think about what does it feel like if I'm a person with long sentences to make a brief statement and let it sit. That lets the other person enter and engage and do a bit more of the work. Also, you're not challenging yourself too intensely each time if you also include these shorter statements. And then you breathe and you leave a little bit of a pause there, right? So varying and breathing, feeding in your breathing and then articulating a little bit more, which means you, when we focus on articulation, we have to slow down. So instead of 
I need to speak slower. I'm just going to articulate my words more fully in my accent. And that means putting attention on the lips. English is a very lippy language. We actually do a lot of mouth movement in the American accent as well. So just push that mouth movement back a little bit more, back and forth to articulate. Those two things will help enormously. Interesting. Okay, so move your mouth. <laughs> yes, <laughs> move your mouth more. It will feel strange, but if you do it with trusted loved ones and don't tell them, see what happens, right? Low yeah. stakes. Try articulating more fully in your daily life. What I find my clients find is they start feeling more confident. And what I always tell them is, it's, it's a visual image. It's like they come into sharp relief. Somehow there's suddenly a person who's really, I can see them more fully. I hear them more fully. I'm drawn in because I believe they care about what they're saying. Interesting. Okay. Um, I was going to say like when you're, when you can slow down and articulate, it does bring more confidence, right? I mean, I just feel like that you know, thinking about when I've had conversations and sometimes your words get jumbled up and then you just kind of take a breath and then just slow yourself down so that you can finish what you're saying. So somebody can understand it without you jumbling your words up it, but that brings a lot more confidence. Absolutely. You feel more confident. You sound more confident. The concern that can come up for people is, oh, my mind is going very fast. And so my mouth is trying to keep up with my mind. What people can understand is that just as the mind goes fast and then the mouth's trying to keep up, you can simply focus on your mouth articulation. The mind will actually sink to your mouth. So by focusing on something more physical, the mind can calm down. And suddenly we feel like time has a lot more spaciousness for us to just feed in the rest of the thought. It's one of those things you just have to try, but I'm doing it now. I don't know what I'm going to say next, but by breathing and taking a slower pace and focusing on my articulation, which I'm doing now much more than I was at the beginning of the interview, I don't really know what I'm saying until I say it. Interesting. But I know my material. So it's still coming out, hopefully, in a lucid way, <laughs> right? So trust yeah. that you know your subject. Focus on the physical and see how the mind perhaps relaxes and lets the physical deliver your ideas. Okay, that's that's great. I think that's great advice. And it's calming me down as we go, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, if, if somebody says, because this was a ton of information and and I think it's so important to think about how we're relating to people and how we're coming out. Um, how can people, somebody saying, Hey, I need help with this, whether, you know, they're a speaker, they're an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, whatever it is they do, how can they get a hold of you? SJHarrisonCoach.com, and I know you'll have links in the notes, is the best place to find me. And I have a lot of different resources there. I offer 30-minute consults for people who think they might want to work one-on-one. -on -one. I have a program that's self-study that you can do online. And so if you're wanting to dip your toe in, it's very high value for, for the price. 
that's something you can just do immediately. Um, so I think that the benefit of the one-on-one work is that it's, it's tailor-made, but even my self-study program takes you through understanding and exploring yourself. So you're still coming to it and receiving something that's most relevant for you because of how it puts you through the process. And I think that's key. So giving tips that would work for everyone, I tend to stay away from any kind of cookie cutter model, but try to take it into just learning about yourself and here's the things you can do that can help. And so one-on-one, it becomes very specific to what that person's need is. I have a lot of different tools at my disposal. I love that. It sounds great. You guys, everything will be in the show notes. SJ, thank you so much for being here. This was a great conversation. And thank all you guys for being here. Wouldn't have a podcast without you. I am your host, Donette Palmore, and I am on a mission to empower you to give your money more purpose so you can live your purpose. Thank you so much. If you got value out of this episode, I would be forever grateful if you would leave a review and then hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast so that you never miss an episode. Thank you again for being here. And until next time, remember money is just a tool that we get to use to live out our purpose.